0: You're listening to Radio Albion, talk radio for the nationalist community. Welcome to the Daily Nationalist. Today's date is Monday, January 22nd, 2024. And you're listening to me, Grandpa Dan, streaming at RadioAlbion.com on a Monday, on the start of your work week. Believe it or not, the first month of the new year. You know, we're rapidly, rapidly approaching the end. Time flies by, doesn't it? I always start the show off, as you all well know, reminding you we have our Sven Longshank support links here on the Daily Nationalist. I ask that you take the time to drop them an email, maybe a postcard, Put a few bucks on the GiveSend2Go account. We, of course, not going to forget Sven. I very much am looking forward to it. I converse with him on a fairly regular basis via email. And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to him uh, getting out. And uh, I really do. And, uh, of course, first thing I'm going to do when he gets out is we're going to have a long You know, conversation. I really want to do some catching up. And so, anyway, I do encourage you to uh, reach out to Sven and and just let him know we're thinking about him. We're going to keep on soldiering on for as long as it takes. Well, I've got a story we're going to do today, and and I may wind up getting into some other things. Uh, It just depends. This is a fairly short story, but. It's, it's one that's interesting to me, and it has something to do, obviously, with with uh, my home state, with uh, Texas. And today's story comes uh, from NBC News via Yahoo News, and the headline is, Texas refuses to comply with Biden administration's cease and desist letter about border access. And this comes, uh, this is dated uh, from January 18th, 2024. Now, I picked this story because it's it's kind of interesting to me as somebody that lives in Texas, and of course, if you don't live in Texas, you don't understand this is you know I always tell people this is a huge state. You it's bigger than probably most countries in Europe. It's it's really big. And I live a long way from the border, but still yeah, I do live here. So it does, you know, I have a little more, I don't know, I guess you could say I'm I'm closer uh closer to uh, what's what's going on and and kind of more maybe in tune with some of the background uh, of what's happening. And this whole thing with with what's going on at the border and what Greg Abbott is doing, I find it interesting because a lot of times when you look back at history, things that wound up snowballing and becoming a big deal historically, well, these things never look like a big deal when they're just getting started. And in fact, most of the time, I believe the players involved, they don't intend for it. To become a big deal, but one thing tends to lead to another and tends to lead to another. Is this the case with what's going on at the border is highlighted here in Texas? Honestly, probably not, but it could be the chances of it becoming something bigger are not zero. Things spiral out of people's hands and, and, and people have these well-intentioned, we talk about this a lot in uh, U.S. foreign policy, where these people who are making these decisions, they think they can keep everything under control. They're control freaks and they think they have this ability to control everything. But they don't. I always laugh when I read these statements from government officials about, you know, well, maybe we'll freeze the conflict in Ukraine. Maybe we'll make it like North Korea and just in South Korea and just have a, you know, just cease hostilities and have a DMZ there. And then we'll get a chance to build up more weapons and, and, and troops for Ukraine. And then we can revisit this down the road. Or maybe we'll do this or maybe we'll do that as though the other party. Doesn't have a say in this. The other party, you know, at any time, Russia could quit playing along with their obvious, you know, their their very transparent word spells and word game of, oh, we're not actually a part of the conflict. We're just sending money, mercenaries and weapons to fight and kill you. And for the time being, Russia plays along with this and and gives them the out that they're not a direct, you know, playing a direct role in the conflict, even though obviously they are, and allowing them to escape the consequences of that. Russia doesn't want to start bombing London or Washington, D.C. for pretty obvious reasons. However, they do have a say in it. If at any time Russia says, yo, no, we're done playing this. Y'all are obviously playing a direct role. Now, y'all just go ahead. Let's let's do this. Take the gloves off again. Is that likely to happen? I would say obviously not. But the chances are non-zero. And much of the same principle, I believe, applies to what's going on here in Texas. Let's go ahead and get into this article a little bit, and, and 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 we'll discuss this a little further. Texas is refusing to comply with a cease and desist letter from the Biden administration over actions by the state that have impeded U.S. Border Patrol agents from accessing part of the border with Mexico. Now, whenever this has come up in numerous news stories, the media, of course, tries to spin this that the Border Patrol agents, they want to get in there and stop these people from coming. And yet Texas is not letting them. So see, actually, it's Texas that is causing these people to just come over in mass. Of course, we know this is a lie, like everything else they say. It obviously is such a stupid lie that only morons are going to actually believe this. Refusing blocking access for border patrol agents to get to the border to do their job, but to do what? I mean, they're obviously not stopping people from coming over. The whole thing stinks. And whenever whenever it comes up, I, I just look I know, just like all of y'all know, I know that we don't have a real media. We don't. We don't have anything resembling a quote unquote free press. We have a propaganda wing. Of, of of the government, of the regime to steal Dr. Johnson's term. And that's, that's all they are. The government is playing this theater. Most of these people coming across are not from Mexico. In fact, now we have all of these Africans coming across the U.S.-Mexico border. And yet nobody, not the media, not the government, nobody seems the least bit curious of how somebody from sub saharan Africa who hasn't got a pot to piss in, much less money to fly across to the other side of the world. How who, how are Africans getting from Africa to Mexico at the U.S. border? Nobody's answering that question. Hell, nobody's asking that question except for people like you and I. We're asking that question, but it's, it, we don't have a loud enough voice. I remember reading some time back, they said they were because they seem to come in waves. You'll get uh, a bunch of people from Central America, then you'll get a bunch of people from Africa. I remember one time there was a big wave of Haitians. That's a long way from Haiti. Hey, Haitians somehow getting a boat and going to Florida. You can understand that. And time and time again, no one even asks the question how the hell are Africans, Haitians, or any of these other people getting from Africa or Haiti to the US Mexico border somebody's bringing them i mean that i'm sorry these people have no money you know they have no money they have no means they have no way hell they they can't they can't travel probably from the country they live in to the country next door much less to the other side of the planet and yet somehow miraculously they wind up on the US Mexican border and nobody is asking the question Well, how are they getting there? Somebody is paying to bring them here with this massive surveillance network, where there's massive, quote-unquote, anti-terrorism. The U.S. has this ability to literally spy on everybody. They look through your cell phone camera and watch you take a shit if they want to, but somehow they're not the least bit curious as to how these people get from Africa to the U.S.-Mexico border. And the media sure as hell isn't curious. And this is the most curious question to me. How are they getting there? Why? How? And nobody, save for people like you and I, are even asking the question. In a letter to the Department of Homeland Security, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton rejected the Biden administration's request for the state to cease and desist its takeover of Shelby Park, an epicenter of southwest border illegal immigration in Eagle Pass, because the facts and law side with Texas, the state will continue utilizing its constitutional authority to defend her territory, and I will continue defending those lawful or uh, lawful efforts in court, Paxton wrote. Now, Kim Paxton's interesting to me. I don't put any faith, you know, I, I want to, you know, I, y'all know me. I don't put any faith in, in politicians in this system because I have more or less an understanding of how the system works, and I'm sure all of you do that are listening as well. Greg Abbott is a you know at some point in this article or perhaps there's another one of it you know they accuse Greg Abbott the governor of grandstanding which is kind of you know funny in 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 an off sort of way. But anyway, they, he you know of being a political grandstander, of a political grandstanding and and that accusation is actually correct. Greg Abbott he, he his whole political career has been you know making a big splash and and getting on tv and, and making these these big broad announcements you know he, he 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 that's what he does he he tries to advance himself by by going on tv and 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 putting on this big show for the media i remember i've always reminded one of my first times of really and this was years ago uh one of my first things where I saw uh Greg Abigail saw this demonstration and it really hit me uh about you know a politician just brazenly, you know, grandstanding for his own you know for his own advancement uh in order to promote himself, it was back when he was the attorney general because he before he was governor, he was he was the attorney general, and he went on the state, you know, on basically statewide TV, all the all the news deals, and they had run some big statewide operation uh, uh, rounding up child predators, and I I don't remember exactly, but it was I don't remember if it was like just child porn or if it, it was you know child predators, one of the lowest of the low things, which of course everybody hates. But the thing that struck me at the time, and again, this was years ago. I was nowhere near as politically aware. I still very much believed in the system back then. And and he's on here, and he's sitting. Of course, he's sitting. He's sitting in front of, like, this whiteboard. And they have all of these people's pictures that they had arrested, these child predators. And they had all these people's pictures up behind him so that you could see they made a big spectacle about publishing and making sure everybody saw and knew who these sorry SOBs were. Now, nobody likes a child predator, obviously. But the thing that struck me even back then as, as, as disturbing about this was that none of these people have been convicted. This was right after they had rounded all of these people up, and every one of them may very well have been a sorry piece of shit that needed to be rotting away in prison, and that's all well and good. But the thing that bothered me at the time, and again, this was back more when I was probably more in my Ron Paul phase of, of political thought, was that, well, now hold on a minute. None of these people, all, all that has happened thus far is the state has arrested these people and made the accusation. They have made the charge against these people, but none of them have had a day in court. None of them have been able to present their defense. None of this, they they none of these people have been convicted. And I thought at that time, I understand better now, but I thought at that time I'm sitting there going, I thought people were supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. And yet he's making a big political statement, putting all these look, we arrested all of these child predators, these horrible, awful people and i'm thinking no you've arrested all of these people and you've made the accusation you have to prove it in court first you haven't done that so you're you're just basically smearing these people i'm thinking you know if if only four of them get off and the rest are total pieces of shit well that's all well and good but what about the four that are found not guilty you smeared them along with all of the others. Do you see what I'm saying? And I found that disturbing. And I really, ever since then, I I have not cared for Greg Abbott because it's political grandstanding, it's obvious what it is. Now, Ken Paxton is a different story out of all the politicians, including Trump, every politician in the country today. If you asked me what's the one who's the one politician, Dan? Who's the one politician that you think kind of has potential to, you know, actually, I don't know, do something, you know, do something against the system to do something, I don't know, productive for the people. And Ken Paxton would be that guy. They have gone after they have been going after the system. Has been going after Ken Paxton for years. They do these articles talking about Ken Paxton and they never mention how many times they've gone against just this past year. The Republican state house tried to impeach him. They had this ridiculous guy running the impeachment prosecution with this handlebar mustache only in Austin. You know, people in the rest of the country see this guy standing in the t- state Texas legislature and he's doing the impeachment proceedings with his stupid waxed handlebar mustache. And people like in other states or in other parts of the world probably look and think that's how tech... Ain't nobody in Texas walk around with no retarded-ass waxed handlebar mustache like it's the 1800s or something. Ain't nobody do that. It's just silly. But they actually tried to impeach him. They have, they have tried to throw him out of office. They've tried to convict him of various charges. And so far, none of it has stuck. Now, it was interesting because... When they impeached or attempted to impeach him last time, it failed. Like right after it failed, he sued Pfizer for false advertisement about the COVID vaccine that they claimed it did something that it did not do because they remember they were claiming it was safe and effective and it would keep you from getting COVID at the very beginning. Then they later shuffled and changed all that and he sued Pfizer. Right after they tried to impeach him. And I thought that was really interesting. It was really telling. So, yeah, if there is one politician, again, you all know how I feel about the system. But if there's one politician in the entire country that I would say, keep your eye on, this guy has potential. It is Ken Paxton. Again, I'm sure the guy on a lot of levels is 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 not a good person or whatever. And I'm not sitting here like morally stumping for Ken Paxton, but I'm just telling you, anybody that the system has tried to take down and get out of office as much as they have Ken Paxton, and then he turns around and sues Pfizer, it's based. I mean, I'm sorry, That's that's based. When reached for comment, a DHS spokesperson referred NBC News to Department of Homeland Security General Counsel Jonathan Myers' letter this week directing the state to stop blocking the Border Patrol's full access to roughly two and a half miles of the U.S.-Mexico border occupied by the state's National Guard. So you have this the this, this situation now. Where the state has sent the National Guard, and there's a combination, I believe, of this one area is the focus. But this is happening in several spots, as I understand, along the border. And they they passed a law, a state law, basically making it a state crime to, you know, illegally enter the state. Now, you have a combination of the state National Guard and the DPS, which is our state troopers, that that are down here in these certain areas. Now the focus of this article is the Shelby this Shelby Park area. But I, I believe this is going on in and several other but it's kinda of come to come to a sort of a head here. Now you have to wonder, they're blocking the border patrol's full access to the border. To do what? I mean, what is the Border Patrol doing? Because we know they're not stopping anybody from coming in. They come in, they process these people and say, one of these days we may ask you to come in and tell us why you should be here. And then the people, they just they, they just let them go. People don't realize, you know, Eagle Pass has been kind of the focus of a lot of this. And what a lot of people don't realize, this is not a big town. Eagle Pass is not a major city by any stretch of the imagination. You have all these people flooding into what amounts to a fairly small town. A, you know, I mean, it's not a tiny town, but it's it's not Dallas, Fort Worth. It's not Austin. It's not San Antonio. And they have no way to deal with this. And you and you have this this problem. DHS officials said Saturday that a woman and two children drowned in the Rio Grande after Border Patrol agents were physically barred by Texas officials from entering the area under orders from Republican Governor Greg Abbott. Well, now of course, they don't provide any proof of this. I I did a little bit of of, of research on this and, and and really there's no. They're just making the accusation. And honestly, as I always say, if somebody you know in your personal life lies all the time, you're pretty much going to question anything they say. This accusation that a woman and her children died. Well, Greg Abbott didn't kick them. Greg Abbott did not kick the woman, if, if it even did happen. And it probably didn't, because the government lies about everything. The media lies about everything. We shouldn't believe anything, they say. But that's just for the sake of argument. Let's assume that it did happen. Probably didn't, but let's just give them the benefit of the doubt. Greg Abbott, by no stretch of the imagination, in any way, shape, or form, did he, nor could he, have kicked this this woman and her children off into the river. Texas authorities did not shove this woman and her two kids into the river. She waded off in that shit by herself. I'm sorry, I don't care. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not saying... That human life doesn't matter. I'm also not going to pretend that I have an emotional reaction to people I don't know dying. I, I, I'm i just not. People that tell you they do are lying. It's just grand, It's just more grandstanding. It's virtue signaling. Nobody cares. There's people die every day that you don't know. You don't sit around crying all the time over it. This woman made a choice. Wait off in the river. Assuming she exists, which she probably doesn't. But she made. if she does, she made a choice to wait off in the river and drown probably decided to wait off in the river obviously when she couldn't swim and drown so that means we should just let everybody in because otherwise they might drown hell we better build a bridge and wave them on in the border patrol is obviously not stopping anyone from coming in so why the hell do they even want to go there the texas military department and i didn't realize we actually technically had a military department that was interesting the Texas military department disputed the DHS statement saying its personnel were aware of a distress report, but had not detected any distressed migrants. Now, this is interesting in its own sense, because it calls out the lie. There's in other words, what they're saying is, you know, cause the the federal government is saying, Oh, y'all wouldn't let us in there. And re- where y'all are at, at the river and you wouldn't let us in there. And this woman and her children died in the river. And, and, and then the Texas officials are saying, well, we're there, and we didn't see anything. What are y'all even on about? I mean, if this happened, the state of the state personnel are the ones who are there. I, I'm pretty sure they would have noticed this. A White House spokesperson, because we can't have a spokesman anymore, spokesperson criticized Abbott's immigration policies in response to the drownings, saying in a statement this week that his, quote, political stunts are cruel, inhumane, and dangerous. Dangerous. You always know, I'll put this a different way. You always have a hint who's lying when you, you, by the first one to jump to appeals to emotion. It's inhumane. It's cruel. It's horrible. These are not appeals to logic. Okay, a woman and her kids died. Give us a name. Toast, where are the pictures? Back it up. The media always loves to say so-and-so said such-and-such without evidence. Well, the government says stuff without evidence all the time. Show us the evidence. And even if it is, it doesn't change the situation. By every right, the government is supposed to be defending the border. As such, the government would have every right to post signs up and down the border in Spanish and every other language like they do every other government form. These big billboards warning people that you are not allowed to enter and you might die if you do. They have every right to defend the border. The government does. If they just started shooting people coming across, they can do that. It's the government. Hellfire, they kill everybody across the world that gets in their way you telling me that they couldn't defend the border. In Wednesday's letter, Paxton said any suggestion the state was responsible for the deaths is vile and as you know should be aware completely inaccurate. The Biden administration has threatened to refer the matter to the Justice Department if Texas denies border patrol agents full access to the area, to the uh, full access to the areas. And again, to do what? Now, in all of these arguments and all this politi- uh, uh, court proceedings and, and media stories, nobody ever asks the question. Again, nobody asked the question. It would be interesting if you had, again, a functioning judicial system. I would love to see this case go before a judge and the judge look at the federal government and say, it is apparent that you, that you, the federal government is refusing to enforce border law. Why? Let's have a, let's, let's ask again, the question why not, not hysteria about conspiracy theories about re, the, re, about replacement or the great replacement, any of this, none of this hysterics. Here's a real question observably by the evidence, you, the federal government are refusing to enforce your own laws. These are your laws. You wrote them. Heaven knows you'll use the law to crack down on regular, ordinary citizens first chance you get. So these are your laws. But in this instance, you're refusing to enforce them. Why is it? What are you trying to accomplish? And I guarantee you they would refuse to answer that. It's one of the things I thought was ridiculous about some of those Republican uh, back and forth with the Biden administration, you know, and the Congress. You know, whether Republicans are holding out for stricter border policy, stricter border policy. There's already the laws on the books. I mean, it doesn't get any more strict than that. And the Biden administration was coming out and saying, well, we're, we're, we, we want more money to uh, enforce. We're willing. Uh, we want more money for the border patrol who isn't doing anything. The Republicans are sitting there in Congress going, we want stricter border policy. But the laws are already on the books. What you actually should be saying is you demand that the Biden administration Actually enforce the laws that are on the books and do their job, which they're going to refuse to do. And it doesn't matter if you give the turnaround and give them, quote, unquote, more money for the Border Patrol to change. They're still going to have the ability to just refuse to do their job. So it solves absolutely nothing. And again, this begs the question, why? And nobody seems to want to answer. I mean, we asked that. A lot of regular people are asking this. Normal conservatives are asking, "Why is this?" They're, refu- they're, they're obviously they have a reason. This is policy. They're not investigating how Africans and Haitians are getting to the U.S.-Mexico border. They're they're, they're not doing that, and they're not they're letting these people just come in. They're not enforcing their own laws. This is, we're talking about federal law, their laws. If they don't like these laws, they should go in and change the law. If they want to let everybody come in, why do they not go to Congress? Why does Congress not just simply pass a law saying the border doesn't exist and anybody and everybody can come to the United States? We're not going to enforce. We're going to disband the Border Patrol. I mean, that's for all practical purposes what they're doing. You know, not in so many words, I suppose, but I mean, let's be honest. That's what they're doing. Why do they not do that? Instead, they put up this facade about border, about having a border, but they're, they're just letting everybody in. They're not doing anything. They're not doing anything to enforce it. You look at the great lengths they go to to enforce their will and their policies on the other side of the world. They're launching airstrikes in Yemen right now, but we're and and unconditionally supporting Israel, bombing the Palestinians to oblivion. But we're all supposed to cry crocodile tears because allegedly, without evidence, the the government claims one woman and her two kids died in the Rio Grande River. Never mind how many tens of thousands of Palestinians have been bombed to oblivion by Israel. That doesn't count. Now, circling back to why I picked this this article to go over. This is, no doubt, this is by and large political grandstanding from Greg Abbott. I mean, it is just like him bussing these people, bussing these immigrants up to Chicago, New York. Although that did that did wind up with some funny things. You had all these people up in Yankee land, you know, oh, you know, we're our values of who we are in a democracy. These people are just searching for a better life. What's wrong with y'all? And then they ship them up there. Now the same people are going, you can't send these people anymore. We, we can't do anything with them. And they're big metropolitan cities. Somehow little old Eagle Pass is supposed to figure out what to do with them. See, not their real problem. Once again, showing that these appeals to emotionalism are as hollow as you might think they are. Oh, we care so much about these people. Just don't send them to our neighborhood. Many, many such cases. It's interesting because, again, as I said, as we started this discussion, historically speaking, a lot of times things that on hindsight wound up snowballing and becoming big things start off as little things because men don't have the ability to control things in the world around them that they think they do. You've got a situation here. you know you have a standoff. So you have Texas National Guard and DPS troopers. Physically barring, physically preventing federal government law enforcement officials from entering this area. Okay, so what happens if literally push comes to shove? What happens if the federal people decide to physically push their way past the state people? You see, this could erupt, and not intentionally by anybody on either side of it. But it just takes one idiot. What if one one foot one, you know, I don't know, one National Guard guy or one federal guy or whatever is having a bad day. His wife done run off and left him. And he says, piss on all of this. And he pulls out his gun and starts shooting. We know all these people, the law enforcement people in particular, are all trained to just start shooting because officer safety and you wind up with a gun battle. Not saying that's likely to happen, but the chance isn't zero. They're preventing them, which means somebody is standing there going, okay, well, we're gonna stop here and not let this get out of hand, but what if it does? Again, the chances are not zero. Sometimes little things wind up turning into big things. Now, as you all well know, as the U.S. continues, the U.S. empire continues to collapse moving forward, I believe the best path out for the people is secession of the states. If you you wind up ultimately, and I'm not saying this is happening now or or within a year, but ultimately at some point if the state pulls out, because you've got this drowning debt, and of course the plan is for for the elites for for them to seize the assets has always been the plan they create the money on a computer just digital shit and then at the end of the day they said well you owe us this stuff that cost us nothing to create you owe us all of your actual physical tangible things you owe us your assets and the u.s government is buried in debt the people are buried in debt and all it would take is one state when that reaches critical mass and this is one of the things I believe that they worry about immensely. All it takes is one <laughs> is one state basically pulling a national socialist Germany in the Great Depression and pulling out and saying, you know what, we're not gonna pay you anything. How about that? Come make us. We're just we're going you know what? We're we're pulling out of this deal, and we're going to reissue a state currency. We're wiping all debts off the books. We're nationalizing our state banks, and we're starting over from scratch. And while everybody else is over here slogging around and, you know, eating worms or something, being dirt poor, and they looking down at Texas, who's utilizing a seaport, vast national resources, and all of a sudden potentially making deals with Russia, China, and everybody else in the world, because now they're not under the yoke of the American imperialist project and this massive amounts of debt, and they're doing real well. And then these other states are going to go, hey, wait a minute. If they could do that, why aren't we doing that? I can guarantee this is one of the things that keeps them awake at night. It's a nightmare scenario. And I think it's, for them, I think it's the best scenario for the people. At some point, the people need to say, we're not paying any of this. We're starting over. You can make your demands all you want, which is not gonna do it. I think that's the best path forward. That's that's what you know people say, what do you think the best thing could happen? Well, the United the best thing that could happen is the United States as an entity as it is today is ceasing to exist. Smaller countries are gonna tend to get along better than this great big empire things. Again, these sorts of things have the potential. Is it going to lead to that? Probably not. But it could. The chances are not zero. This is why I find these things interesting. We'll wrap up on that note. Hope you enjoyed today's discussion. I hope you get a chance to check out everything. Monday through Friday, we put up new stuff every day. Uh, Monday through Friday on Radio Albin. I'll be back tomorrow for the Parish of the Patriots show. Uh, Dr. Matthew Raphael Johnson will be here Wednesday for the Orthodox Nationalist. Uh, He'll be back on Thursday. Dr. Johnson will for the Daily Nationalist on Thursday. Always a great listen. And I'll be back here on Friday to wrap up your work week. So as always, uh, I thank you for listening. Keep the faith, and we'll see you next time. You're listening to Radio Albion. Talk radio for the nationalist community.